We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. Welcome everyone to the Beyond Labels podcast with Farmer Joel Salatin, that would be me, and our favorite researcher, Dr. Sina McCullough. We want to remind you at the top of the uh, podcast today, again, to be sure to um, share this with your friends. We are, again, uh, just reminding you about our, our censoring issues with YouTube and are encouraging you, if you like this tribe and you want this tribe to grow and you think this information is important, to pass it along to your friends so that we can grow uh, grow the tribe and grow the, the strength that we have in our own knowledge base. So with that little uh, encouragement, I'm going to pass it on to Dr. Cena to kind of introduce our, our first uh, topic of discussion. Hey, thanks, Joel. Okay, so first we have a quick update. This is on the situation um, overseas that we've been following about farmers rising up against the government. And this just happened, well, for us over the weekend, um, it says there's a headline that came out saying Dutch farmers storm to victory in regional elections set to become largest party in the Senate. So the article goes on to say that the, the success of the farmer citizen movement will further undermine the Dutch government's plans to impose radical agricultural reforms that campaigners say will destroy rural communities. Um, voters dealt a hammer blow to the Dutch establishment in the regional elections on Wednesday, which propelled the farmer citizen movement to become the largest party in the Senate in just its first election. The exit polls are projecting the movement will win 15 seats in the Dutch upper chambers. 
Um, they're saying voters are sending a clear message to the government um, over its planned nitrogen emissions laws that campaigners say are going to devastate the country's agricultural sector. So that's kind of breaking news at the time that we recorded um, this podcast. And I want to toss it back over to Joel because you have you have a unique take on this because someone from my perspective, I'm looking at these articles and I'm thinking, yeah, go farmers. Like, let's take back our country, right? I mean, more power to the farmers. And then I got excited. I sent you an email and you're like, ah, not so fast. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. The, um, and, and I certainly don't know all the ins and outs, but I have been to the Netherlands uh, many, many times doing a lot of seminars. I've met a lot of farmers there. And, um, and, and this is not as, as cut and dried as you might think. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, worldwide, there is, there is a growing divide as, as the world has cityfied, uh, and we've emptied the countrysides, including in the U S the, the, the demographics are quite, you know, profound that, that people go to the cities and, and the countryside is emptying out. That's actually changing a little bit here since uh, since COVID, but um, uh, there there is a there is a real divide between city and country, uh, pretty much in every country of the world, and and uh, uh, so so here we are in the Netherlands. I've been there numerous times, and um, one of the big issues there is the manure management from all the. The livestock. Now, there's almost nothing there out on pasture. Nothing. It's all confined. Um, uh, you know, dairies, pigs, chickens. Now, the confinement houses are not as big as the ones in the U.S., that's for sure. So where we have 100,000 in a house, uh, say chickens, uh, they may have they may have uh, 40,000 in a house. So they, they are smaller, and they're, they're, so they're, and they're more spread out, you know, across the countryside. But the 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 problem there is that they import so much feedstock especially from Paraguay and Uruguay where the dutch have historic um you know historic relationships back in the you know uh, the dutch east indies their trading empire and even uh, their piracy days uh, when they were pirates, they, they they built alliances around the around the world, and um, so they're bringing in so much feedstuffs into these uh, uh, animal structures. They're overrunning the ecology with manure, and uh, I can tell you that when you go out in the countryside, um, you can you can pretty much. You know, it smells like you're in a septic tank. There's that much manure in the canals. You know, in the Netherlands is a low, they've got these canals running everywhere to duck water away, and they're they're full of uh, of manure. And so, for example, I mean, I uh, and, and I'm I'm certainly not trying to be difficult to the Netherlands farmers, but I'll tell you what, I've been there and I've met. You know, this young couple comes up. You know, they're they're in their 30s, and what do you do? Well, we dairy. Uh, okay, so how many cows do you have? Well, we have 100 cows, uh, 100 cow dairy. How much land do you have? Well, we have 10 acres. Folks, you can't have 100 dairy cows on 10 acres and, and practice any kind of ecological uh, 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 recycling. It, 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 it can't be done. And so uh, the other thing that's happening is all the tillage that's happening in the farmland, the farmland is subsiding. Remember, a lot of this land 
was peat moss. It was boggy, boggy peat moss. I mean, the the all of Europe drains through the Netherlands. If you look at a at a at a satellite photo, you'll see all the big rivers in Europe. They drain through the Netherlands, and this was all drained, and it was it was peat because the the marshland, the water, uh, made everything anaerobic. And so there was no, there was very little decomposition. So it would just build up and build up and build up over time. You had these, these, these large, kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, marshy places. Well, they drained it. Well, now, with uh, with uh, agriculture, where they're tilling and they're planting stuff, that tillage injects oxygen into this formerly anaerobic, you know, water-based swampy th- stuff. And and the the carbon, the organic matter, this old peat, this old legacy legacy bulrushes and stuff that's been there for centuries is now decomposing. It's oxidizing, and that land is subsiding. And, and I met farmers who, you know, uh, forty years ago, they could go out and they could you know, go out with a big tractor and a, and a, a plow and they could plant, you know, barley or wheat or, or corn or whatever. Now that those fields have dropped eight, nine, 10, 12 inches. Well, in the Netherlands, 12 inches is huge. And so then, so then what happens is the water starts seeping back in because it's getting too low and the tractor's uh, uh, the, the land won't hold up the tractor anymore. And so I remember really well, probably one of my biggest, uh, whatever, uh, shocks ever doing a, doing a seminar was I had this room full of farmers. There were, I don't know, hundred, 150 of them in the room. And I was talking about our composting program and how we chip trees and, you know, do all this composting. And I said to the room, I said, now, you know, I, I'm trying to make this applicable to you guys and I'm, I'm a little embarrassed about, you know, how we do this carbon thing, because, you know, you you, you guys probably don't have the carbon that we have. And and uh, so, you know, it, it's a little more difficult for you. And it was hilarious. The whole room started laughing. I said, you know, what's you know, what's so funny? And they said uh, uh, they said you, you couldn't be more wrong. I said, really? Why? They said, because all the sewage in the canals grows so much vegetation from from you know willows and and and, and little trees to cattails and, and just you know uh, a biomass that that we can get all the carbon we want for free. There are mountains of it. I said, well, that's what you need to be putting on your fields to stop the subsistence. Put, put all that back on your fields. Now you complete the cycle. Now you build the soil up and you're back where you were. And so, so uh, this was revolutionary. I can tell you, this was revolutionary thinking for them to, to actually go to what I call a carbon economy. I mean, for me, it's, it's a no brainer. It's the way everything works. But, you know, if you're a chemical, chemical based uh, uh, system and and you've never really been touched with you know the carbon economy at, at a biomass program you know it, it never enters your mind and so i i i'm torn I, I i'm torn about this whole netherlands thing because i know how much um how much ecological uh devastation there's been and in fact in fact 
you know, really good farmers, they're they're well aware of this, and they complain about those farmers. You know, so it, it, it's similar here. Just because you're a farmer doesn't mean you're you're either ecologically helpful or or even beneficial to you know to the landscape. Uh, there are good farmers and there are bad farmers, and um, and so uh, you know I, I, I now having said that, chances are whatever whatever changes are going to occur here from the government, <laughs> I have no faith. I have no faith that there will be a fair, equitable, common sense. Uh, approach from the government. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if the government said, all right, from now on, we're going to quit landfilling all this biomass and we're going to go to mass composting and build up our soils. You know, wouldn't that be cool? Now all the farmers can stay in business, blah, 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 you know. Um, but 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 common sense often doesn't reign supreme. You got to realize that the government incentivizes. I mean, those farmers in the Netherlands, like a lot of the EU, they get for a lot of people don't realize that 80% of the EU budget is agriculture subsidies. 80% of the EU's budget is agriculture subsidies. And a lot of that is because Europe, Europe has gone through famine. They've gone through wars. They've gone through starvation and way more than America, than the U S those Europeans understand food security. We, we do not want to become dependent on other places for our food. And so they put a great attention on this and they pay their farmers a thousand dollars an acre per year just to own farmland, which of course makes the price go way up, but it also uh, creates a perverse incentive uh, on farmland to, you know, a, a, a perverse incentive to do things that you wouldn't do if you weren't getting you know, if you weren't getting a prop up of a thousand bucks an acre to do it, maybe you'd you know, take care of your acres a little better if you didn't just get paid to, to own it. And so there have been perverse incentives in the past that have brought, I think, things to this point. And now the question is, what kind of perverse regulatory environment is there on the other end trying to get out of it? And 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 trust me, there is a um, what you don't see in the press is you don't see, uh, and I know I'm going too long here, uh, uh, Cena, but but what you don't see in the press is is the nuance that I've just described. You, you, what you have, every, everything is simplified. It's it's the people against the farmer, or it's the Dutch government against the farmer, or it's the farmer against the consumer. You know, everything gets simplified in the news media, and when you go there. It's not simple. It's it's nuanced. It's complex. But in a in a in a thirty second soundbite culture, in a TikTok culture, you don't have time to to you know to suss out the complexity of the situation. And and it is complex. I mean, you and I, I wouldn't want to live in a place that smelled like a septic tank all the time. And and I can tell you, having been there, good farmers complain about you know, that guy over there he's dumping all this stuff in the canal you know and and they complain about uh, about it as well and so uh so it is nuanced and um and, and it's not easy and uh and, and the problem is most of these kinds of things the, uh political efficiency is how fast can we draw the lines and how quickly can we 
segregate our thinking into bad guys and good guys, you know, that's politics. And it's it's unfortunate that we're not getting the kind of nuances that are that are uh, that are the truth.